Good evening, everybody, and welcome. Tonight, we are be continuing in Chapter 3 of Shar Habitachai in the Gate of Trust. And we've been studying the seven qualities that a provider should have to trust in him. We learned all seven in Chapter 2. And in Chapter 3, we're reviewing all seven in a different order. And we're currently holding in the sixth quality. So let's review uh, where we're holding. In this little graph, the chart you see on the page, you could see the order, the way the seven items were listed in chapter seven. So in chapter seven, the first quality was compassion, pity, and love. The second item was that the provider is attentive to all your needs. Number three is supreme power. Number four, knowing what's best for you. Number five, there throughout your entire life. Number six, the only person that could help you. And number seven, ulti- unfailingly good-hearted, even if you're undeserving. That was the order in chapter two. Now, if you look, I added a column on the right-hand side. It says order in chapter three. And we're currently in chapter three. Uh, and the order actually is going to get is going to become connected to number seven as we're going to get there soon. Number one, we've learned in chapter three is that Hashem is compassionate. Hashem has Rahman, is pity and love. Number two is Hashem knows what's best for us. Again, I'm saying the order from the right hand column. Number three is Hashem has supreme power. Number four is Hashem is attentive to all of our needs. He never sleeps. Number five is Hashem and only Hashem is in complete control. You can't ask, you, doing favors to somebody else is not going to help you. And tonight we're going to learn number six to number seven, which is that Hashem is unfailingly good-hearted. That's what we're going to learn now. And we're going to conclude with the idea that Hashem um, is there at every point of our life. And if you paid attention, we're going to learn, we're going to, the order is going to make a critical difference as we're going to continue. So we are holding the sixth quality in chapter three. Here we go. Hashishi, the sixth quality that a person must believe that Hashem possesses, if you want to have Vitacha in trust in Hashem, is Sheyeda Rav Tuva Lekim Al Adam. It's to realize the great kindness that Hashem bestows on people. And not only is Hashem kind to us, but He's been kind from the moment I was born. How Hashem started already to be so kind and good with us at the time of the beginning of our formation in the womb of our mother without being deserving of it. In the womb, we didn't do anything to deserve it. And without having Hashem any need for us. So yeah, you're going to make sure that the animals you're, you are raising from the womb are going to be healthy if you're looking forward to eating them. But Hashem is not looking forward to eating us. 
And the fact that Hashem took care of us from our formation until today, right? Everybody here is celebrating the 25th birthday. So until whatever they were up to, Hashem has constantly been, been unfailingly kind to us. Hashem is doing it out of his generosity, goodness, and kindness. Wow. Hashem is taking care of us out of his generosity, goodness, and kindness. As I said in the previous chapter of Shar Habitach, in this chapter of Bechina, Gate of Examination. David, and King David tells us to us, You have done great things, you, O Lord, my God. Your wonders and your thoughts are for us. Were I to tell and speak of you, there would be too many to tell. Because Hashem is extremely kind. You know, when people used to tell the Rebbe the tough things happening in his life, the Rebbe would, at times, he would say, he would actually listen. He said, Baruch Hashem, you're, you're married, you have children, you're healthy, you have a job. We're all able to reflect. We, everybody has challenges. But at the same time that we have challenges, we're able to reflect. I'm alive. I have family alive. Each, you know, each one of us in our scenario, reflecting on the good that's happening. So number six is that Hashem is unfailingly good, even if we're not deserving. And yes, yes, you're going to ask. It doesn't we don't see all the good we're going to get there? But that's that is the sixth quality of the benefactor. Of the provider. Let's see number seven. The Hashivi, the seventh quality that the provider needs to have for us to trust in him. Let me say this out loud. The seventh quality, which is the fifth quality in chapter two. I'm happy Jim Stone is on this because there's a lot of numbers. So at least he'll follow all the numbers. So I can't follow it myself. So, uh, and, and uh, if any, and if you're anyone else here is a mathematician, just let me know because we're gonna. So in chapter in chapter two, the seventh quality was that Hashem is unfailingly good. In chapter three, the seventh quality is switched to chapter two to chapter two's quality number five. Okay, I'm sorry if I confused you. In chapter two, quality number five, we said that Hashem is in charge of us from when we were born until we pass away. In chapter three, we're going to repeat this in completely different words. We'll see it inside and we're going to learn a big message here. What what? Let's see how we repeat this quality. May 
The seventh quality a person must believe is that he sh- it should be clear to him that all those things in existence in this, in this world, both those that are essential, referring to beings and objects themselves, and those that are accidental, referring to the events that happen to the objects and beings, have a clear and defined limit to them. And it is impossible to add or subtract from that limit which Hashem, may he be blessed, has decreed. So every single thing in this world, whether it's your iPhone, whether it's your glasses, whether it's the lifespan of a human being, whether it's your house, whether it's your car, whatever it is, there's a beginning and an end. There's a limit. Hashem has created everything to have a limit. One cannot change its quantity, quality, time, or space. So if Hashem said that something is going, there's going to be 13 of a certain item, there's going to be 13. There won't be 12. There won't be 11. And if Hashem said they're not going to be such good quality, that's got, it's not going to be good quality. If Hashem said they'll be here for six years, they're going to be here for six years, not a day or more or less. And if Hashem said that these 13 items that are not the best quality, that are going to be here for this amount of time is only going to happen in Dubai, it's only going to take place in Dubai and nowhere else. One cannot increase that which was decreed to be few, nor can one decrease that which was decreed to be many. Similarly, one who will one will not be able to delay something which has been decreed to be early, nor is one able to hasten something which has been decreed to be delayed. Hashem has put a plan in place for everything. Now you're going to come and tell me it's not true. We put up a building and the building was made to last for 100 years. And after 10 years, it, it, uh, it broke apart. In other words, seemingly, well, let me give you a better example. Sometimes it appears that Hashem doesn't have a hand in what's happening. Let's go back to the story of Purim. The story of Purim is a classical example. Perhaps Hashem didn't have a hand in the story of Purim. There's no miracle, right? Is that, do we agree? Let's, let's review the story. The story is the king was uh, intoxicated and he was an immoral king. And he asked his wife Vashti to do something immoral. She refused. So he asked his advisors, they told him to kill her. He was lonely, he wanted to marry somebody. The only thing he cared about was beauty and Esther was the most beautiful girl. So he married Esther. It's all a coincidence. Haman hates the Jews because the Jews won't bow down. So he sends out a decree, everybody's going to die. It happens to be 
that Esther was the most beautiful girl, so she married Achashverosh. And therefore, the whole story you can make natural. So much so that when it comes to the splitting of the sea, there are people, even over the last 20 years, that have come to try and explain that it was just the splitting, the splitting of the sea really happened. But it was a natural occurrence. There was an eastern wind, and the wind was so strong that it held up the water for so long. Anyone ever heard these uh, thoughts? There's a real, these real theories. You've, you've ever heard of these? So even if things look extremely natural, like in the story of Prim, that which does happen in this matter, manner, it has still has been decreed by the Creator from the beginning of creation. It is just that all the prior decrees of God, which were in the foreknowledge of the Creator, were decreed in such a way that they have direct causes which cause them to happen, and those causes have prior causes. So let's talk about this for a moment. This is something which is a, a novel idea, it's a groundbreaker, and it's going to uh, be a big focus of ours, and that is Hashem created the world, yesh meyayim, something from nothing. There was nothing here, and then there was something. Just last week, I had students come and ask me. They said, who created human, a person, a father? Who created Hashem? So I said, nobody created Hashem. They said, that can't be. And it, you can't explain further because it doesn't make sense to a child. Everything was created. How could you say Hashem, was, Hashem wasn't created? It doesn't make sense to an adult either. But Hashem created the world something from nothing. But once he created it, Hashem put a plan in place. He said, from now on, I want everything to look natural. So everything is going to come about from me. But I want it to look like there is a cause and effect. When things look natural, that is Hashem's way of making things happen. I want to go back to the vaccine we discussed last week. That the vaccine, perhaps, again, I'm not a doctor that's going to give us, take a side, but, but perhaps the vaccine is the, is the cause that Hashem has put, is the cure for COVID. In the story of Purim, it was completely, you could say it was completely natural, but all those causes were put in place by Hashem. You know, I'll, I'll tell you a story from this week. There's a man on the call named Mark Berkovich. And Mark just got a big donation for the school. Thank you, Mark. But Mark, I will tell you, Hashem, ha Hashem had put that in place before you did it. As you know. Yeah, Absolutely. Everything has a cause and effect. You know, I want to show you a picture. Um, let me stop my share for a minute and share with you a picture of a Rube Goldberg machine. Are you guys familiar with the Rube Goldberg machine? Um, I see. I see a few nods. A Rube Goldberg machine is making the simplest things as complicating as possible. 
So for example, if you wanted to open up a corkscrew, Rube Goldberg, he actually created a method how if you would have an elephant eat a few peanuts and lighten a bag of peanuts, it would actually um, move the lever, which would pop the balloon, which would make the monkey's hat hit, etc. And finally, the tennis bracket to K would hit the L, which would make the cork unscrew. Now, Jim Stone, you tell me as an engineer, is this, a, is this the simplest method to uncork a bottle of wine? No. It's, it's not. I mean, now, now, did I need an engineer to give me that answer? No, I, I don't. I don't. Uh, nope. I don't think so. But one of the cool things that he did, it's just kind of, we could use this as a, as a metaphor. <laughs> yes, here's what's cool about the metaphor. It looks very complicated, but actually what we're learning here is that for every little thing we do, there's this full system in place. Even when we think, oh, I could have made it easier, just took a corkscrew, we have no clue how many causes and effects Hashem has put in place for us to uncork the bottle. And that is what we're learning here. Let's just bring it back. And again, we're going to uh, focus on this as we actually get to the fifth principle um, that the person needs to have when having trust. We're going to focus on this idea that everything in this world is cause and effect. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. The famous question, why do we need to work? If Hashem is in charge of the world, let him... Uh, grow a, a money tree right near me and I'll go outside and when I need a hundred dollars, I'll pull, pull out a hundred. Aside from, okay, it would be a little disconcerting if people would come to my house, you know, to pull money off my tree. That's one concern. Fine. But technically, Hashem could figure out ways for us to get money without us having to work. But the answer is Hashem wants us to work. Hashem put a system, a cause and system program in place. Now, you may ask, uh, how do I know? How Can you give me a logical reason, or a logical, we'll call it a proof, that Hashem is actively involved in the cause and effect system? Can you prove it to me? And we're going to try the Chavis HaVavis, is going to try and give you a logical proof. He's going, to, he's going to give the following. He says, okay, here, hopefully our, your math head is on as well. If you plant a kernel of grain, that single kernel can produce 300 ears of wheat. And each one of those ears has 30 grains. So how many kernels can one how many kernels of grain can one kernel create? Okay, so let's do it again. One kernel could create 300 ears and each ear has 30 grains within it, 30 kernels within it. So what's the math? The math is... Three million. 9,000. Oh, 9,000. So again, we had 300 times 30. So one kernel of grain can create 9,000 
more kernel. Logically, that doesn't make sense. Why logically doesn't make sense? Let's, let's review, let's review. Let's talk about the way Hashem has created energy. When you take a ball and you throw it, the greatest energy is at the beginning and it gets weaker and weaker. In other words, if we're just coming from pure logic. Lo pure logic dictates that things should get weaker and weaker. You take a ball and you throw it, the energy gets weaker and weaker. If you scream, at the beginning it's loud, but then you get weaker and weaker. The fact that when we plant something, it actually procreates the same way or even stronger, it's clear that Hashem is involved. Let's see that proof inside. The illusion that a creation can be a cause. Let me go back a moment. The seventh quality the provider needs to trust in him is the knowledge that, I sh that he, the provider, is in charge of you throughout your entire life. And nothing will happen without him. So there's nothing. You can't live longer. You can't live shorter. You can't be smaller, taller nothing's going to happen unless Hashem has preordained that. And now we're actually learning here that we're going to give a proof, so to say, that Hashem has put a cause and effect system in place and he's actively involved in it. However, if you're not going to take that moment to contemplate the manner in which the world is run, so when seeing a change in reality, we'll think that it is the new cause that forces there to be a change in reality. Which causes things to turn over from one matter to another. So if you don't give any thought, so it makes a lot of sense. You plant a seed and 300 years of grain will come and just because you don't think of that. I had this experience today. I was reflecting on the task load that a fellow staff member had. And I was kind of equating it to what I was busy doing. And I realized that for them to have been able to complete what they were working on, which was their progress reports and comments and being able to um, you know, really thoroughly document for each student what was necessary, it must have taken them an incredible amount of time. But until I reflected on the on what needs to be done, um, I just thought, okay, you do your you do your progress report, you fill out your comments, and it, it takes a few minutes. What what what's the big deal for a teacher? But no, if if we focus a little bit, you realize the, there's something here. So if we're not going to take a moment to think about how a plane flies, you don't understand the greatness of aviation. And if we're not going to take a moment to think about how the, how things work, you'll think they're all natural. No big deal. Hashem's not involved. In truth, however, the cause is too weak and insignificant for it to be the cause of the change or to be able to turn around matters from the way they have been until now. 
כאשר נראה הגר גיר האכול מן החיטה, מצמיח שלוש מאה שיבלים. As can be illustrated from the fact that a single grain of wheat produces 300 ears, and each ear of grain has 30 grains. So that it emerges that one grain is the cause for 10,000 grains or close to that number, like we said, 9,000 to be produced. So one grain can produce nine thousand. Is it not apparent to a person's mind? Is it not apparent to a person's mind that the grain itself is too weak to be able to produce such a massive quantity? In a similar vein with regard to all seeds which are sown and planted. So the moment we reflect on planting, we will understand that Hashem is actively involved, and it's only Hashem's ability that's causing this cause and effect to happen. And we're now going to say, say the same thing is in the creation of a human or other animals that are creation, created through a drop of, sem, of semen. And that is because it doesn't, here, here it says, here too it is apparent that this drop itself does not have within it the power to be the source of the entire person. And similarly, we're going to talk about a big fish. Have you ever seen the eggs of a fish? We've actually had the opportunity to see they're, they're, they're tiny. And the, this big fish could come from this tiny egg. Likewise, we will say regarding the creation of human beings and other living creatures which are created from a drop of semen, here too, it is apparent that the drop itself does not have within itself the power to be the source of the entire person. This is also evidence from the fact that a big fish is created from a small leg of a fish. So the fact that a one, one grain can produce 9,000, the fact that this small drop can create this big person or big animal, or this tiny egg can create a big fish, is reflective on how Hashem is actively involved in this. Any comments or questions? No. It's interesting. It says that in the drop um, of that the male gives to the female, there's, I think it says like there's billions, there's the ability to produce billions of children in every drop. And only one drop is needed. Why is that? Because, is only, because only one egg needs to be fertilized. Correct. So why did Hashem make it that in the process, there's billions um, of, I don't know what you call it, billions of, um, what would it be called, eggs? There's egg and what? I'm not sure the flip side. But the, the, the need that the male gives, that there's billions um, of that ability. Why? One of the reasons given is to reflect, and there's many other areas we see this in the world, that sometimes Hashem just gives us more good than necessary 
to tell us there's enough in the world for all of us. So Hashem is constantly involved. And therefore, if you're going to go ahead and think that by being at work on Shabbos, that's going to help you make more money. Or by being at work the whole day and not having time for your family, that's how you're going to make money. You're fooling yourself. Hashem's in charge. You got to work. Hashem says, I want you to use a cause and effect system. But you're not going to get more than Hashem says. And we learned that from the mana, right? The mana fell, fell. And there were Jews that tried to collect more than they should and it disappeared. And if you collected less, you got more. You're only going to get what, you, what Hashem is going to give you. Let's see that inside. When a person troubles himself with efforts to provide for his financial needs or any other needs, in order to hasten, that means, oh, Hashem is only going to give it to me in two months. Okay, I'm going to make it happen earlier. That which the creator, may he be exalted, has decreed shall be delayed. Or you're like, hey, hey, Hashem, let's not do this yet. Let's do it in three months. And you're going to try and delay that which has been decreed to be hastened. Or the human is going to try and produce many of a certain item when Hashem says there's only going to be few. Or you're going to try and produce few. You're like, hey, I don't want too many. This is exclusive. But Hashem wants this. There to be many. Me believe with the exception that if let's see let's see the exception with the exception of those matters which are necessary for the advancement of one's observance of mitzvot and the learning of Torah. So we do learn that everything in, is in Hashem's hands aside for the fear of heaven. So in other words. If Hashem, so to say, decreed that you're not going to be able to do these, these mitzvot, and sometimes we actually learn it's a punishment. Hashem says, you know what? You're not deserving to do those mitzvot. You're able to break that decree. And you'll be able to, the, there'll be a positive outcome. And that's what we're learning here. So things that are connected to, to observance of Torah and mitzvot, to holy things, yes. If Hashem made a decree, you're actually able to break that decree. Um, but anything else, and let's just take the simplest example of finances. If someone's going to think that I'm going to get more than Hashem gave me, so it is due to one's weak understanding of God's foreknowledge, who knows and has already decided at the beginning of creation all that is going to be. It is also due to lack of understanding of the inherent goodness in which he conducts himself with the person, for in truth, everything God does is for the good of the person. So someone who thinks he's going to outsmart Hashem and get more than what Hashem wants, two things. Number one is, he has a weak understanding in Hashem's control of the world, because Hashem fully controls, he can't go about it. And even more important, perhaps, he's doing a disservice to himself, because we believe Hashem is doing the best thing for us. So if you're going to try and get more money than you deserve, so that's not the best thing for you. I don't know why. But we learned that Hashem gives everybody the, what they need um, 
out of the kindness, making sure everybody has, um, like we learned, Hashem is loving, even if we're undeserved. And this idea that everything has a time, um, I'd like to share with you, play hella. You guys, you've probably seen this, uh, seen these psukim, they're very, very famous psukim. Uh, but nonetheless, I think we should read them in Hebrew together. They're very tough. This was said by the wisest of all men. Who could call that? Who's the wisest of all men and women? King, King Shlomo Hamela. King Solomon. Solomon. So King, correct. Thank you, Shlomo. Thank you. Uh, um, sorry. Shmuel. So King Shlomo Malachi writes, Everything has an appointed season, and there's a time for every matter under the heaven. A time to give birth and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break and a time to rebuild. A time to weep and a time to laugh, a time of wailing and a time of dancing, a time to cast stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. So Hashem has put time for all of these things. There is, yes, there is a time to love and there's a time to hate. There's a time for war and there's a time for peace. And that's what we're going to continue in, in, in learning about this within the seventh quality that yes, Hashem has preordained everything. As Shlomo Melech already told us, this concept has already been alluded to by the wise man King Solomon when he said everything has an appointed season and there is a time for every matter under heaven. After this, he mentions, like we just read together, 28 different things which each, which each has its time. As he says, after after um, saying this, he mentioned 28 different things, which has its, which each has its time. As he said, a time to give birth and a time to die. Until the end of the list, when he says a time for war and a time for peace. Another verse that King Solomon tells us is for time and faith will overtake them all. So the time, the time is it. The time is the time. Hashem has put a time and place for everything. And now we're going to share a verse that tells us this idea of, of how Hashem has put the cause and effect system in place. Listen to the verse. So Amar, Ki govoya me'al govoya, shoimer u'govoyim alehem. For the highest over the high weight, and there are higher ones over them. In other words, we have the highest. 
over the high, and there's even higher higher than them. We have this whole Rube Goldberg machine pulley system in place, but it's Hashem's system, and nothing is going to beat Hashem's system. Now it's frustrating because things happen we don't understand. So actually, at the end of this chapter, we're going. Rabbeinu Bachai is going to give reasons why bad things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people. He'll give some reasons. And actually, like I said, this was written over a thousand years ago. And this is one of the earliest works we have that is going to talk about some of these deep topics. But at the moment, he's going to tell us that we can't really understand Hashem's way. We, not we can't, we can't really. We cannot truly understand Hashem's way. The ways in which the Creator upholds His decrees are too deep, are too hidden, deep and lofty for us to understand even part of them. I could barely understand why I had to come home today at this time and yesterday at a different time. All the more so are we not capable of understanding all of them. I, I certainly can't understand why Baruch came home the time he came home and why Mark came home the time he came. I can barely understand of one piece how much more so we can't understand Hashem's master picture. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So we said the first introduction someone needs to know, or the first principle someone needs to know to really be able to trust in Hashem is that Hashem has all seven qualities. And we've gone ahead and really um, elaborated in this chapter's seventh quality, which again is quality number five in chapter two, sharing that everything is the Ashgacha process. Everything is divine providence. Like I've shared with you in a previous class. Sometimes we think, if you ask someone, tell me a story of divine providence, they'll try and think of an incredible story that happened to them. That's one story of divine providence. Another story of divine providence is the fact that we're just all here. The fact that all of the pictures in back of Yeshua have not fallen down, that's divine providence. And the fact that Shmuel has a beautiful hat on his head, it's all divine providence. Every single thing is divine providence, not only the miracle. That is what we've elaborated. Yes, and we gave some examples. How could it be that from uh, one grain, 9,000 come, from a little egg, a big fish come? So the first principle is that Hashem has all seven qualities. Let's, we have a few more minutes. And the second principle is three paragraphs. Let's do it inside. The second principle is, if you want to really trust in somebody, don't just say you trust in them. You got to really mean it. Because I could lie to a human. I could say, I could say, uh, Baruch, 
I, I trust you so much. And you know what, Baruch? You wouldn't really know if I'm lying or not. But Hashem knows. So, so don't tell Hashem I, I'm having so much trust in you and therefore you owe it to me to give me something and Hashem looks inside your heart and he sees it's all a farce. That's not going to work. Complete trust, not lip service. Let's see it inside. Vaksama Shane is the second introduction. The second introduction is that he should know and it should be clear to him that the Creator is looking over him and nothing is concealed from him. Neither those actions that the person performs in public and are revealed for others to see. So of course, the fact that you guys could see me on a computer, of course Hashem could see me. But what about these, you, you, what about what you can't see? Nor those actions that the person performs in private and are hidden from others. Hashem still sees those. You know what a Zoom suit is? A Zoom suit, when COVID started, there was this uh, fun video of this man. He was, he was showing you what a respectful teacher he is on Zoom. And then in the middle, he, he pulls off, was like, just, <laughs> He kind of took a shirt and cut it. Basically, he would just be wearing his pajamas and quickly put on a Zoom shirt. And, you know, you saw like half a tie. You didn't even have to see the whole tie. And then as soon as he was over, he would just take it, take off his Zoom shirt and go back to sleep. Because all you see right now is you just see a little bit of my shirt and a little bit of my tie, nothing else. But no, Hashem sees everything. And even his thoughts are not concealed from God. Both those that are hidden from other people, as well as those thoughts which are apparent to other people through his speech and action. So you see, yeah, sometimes you can know what I'm thinking because you could tell by my facial expression. You could tell by the way I talk to others. But Hashem knows everything. God also knows if the person's reliance on him is wholehearted or not. As we're going to state three verses here. Number one, verse number one, the Lord knows the thoughts of man, that they are vanity. So number one, verse number one is crystal clear. Hashem knows what you're thinking. Verse number two, surely he understands the inner recesses of a person's heart. Again, clear. And verse number three, for you alone know the hearts of all people. So Hashem knows what we're thinking. We can't hide from it. And if you're going to say, I am the biggest truster in Hashem, but Hashem looks inside and doesn't see that, ooh, we're going to see quite a sharp verse now. Let's see that inside. When this becomes clear to the person who relies on Hashem, that Hashem knows sees what's going on inside of you, then he will understand that it is not proper for him to claim that he's a person who relies on the Almighty, may he be exalted, as a result of him verbally doing so. Oh, I rely on Hashem so much, without him truly relying on him in his heart and in private. 
And if he only pays lip service, lip service having the tough lane, then he will be on the level of those that it says about them with his mouth and with his lips. He honors me, but he distances his heart from me. So the second introduction, the second principle, what someone needs to know in order to really trust in Hashem is that it's not enough to talk about it. You have to really mean it in your heart. Like we learned, like we spoke about earlier on, real trust is going to be jumping off the diving board, knowing that Hashem is going to catch you. Are we really ready to let go and jump in? Just talking about it, but not really having that emotional feeling that's lip service. Now, by the way, it's better to have, lip, to have lip service than no service. In other words, hopefully, if nothing else, a lip service will bring you to really trust in Hashem. So we're not saying here to stop talking about your trust in Hashem. But we are saying that real trust in Hashem is going to be when you've created that emotion. That inner, uh, that your thoughts and your heart are really telling you the same thing that you trust in Hashem. So let's recap. We've completed learning all seven qualities that we know now Hashem possesses. And we've learned that Hashem knows what's inside of me and I need to serve Him with my entire heart and mind, as well as with my thought and action. Thank you very much.